Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Good morning, Dr. Jane. Good morning, Anna. How are you? I'm doing very well. And yourself? I'm I'm just fine. I'm just fine. I'm delighted for another conversation. Me too. I was so excited about this conversation because our last conversation was so very helpful. You know, putting my COVID experience in the context of the hero's journey, it wasn't about finally coming down with the virus. It was the accumulation of the last two plus years of angst and anxiety in the pandemic and being hit hard by it, you know, and then realizing that something had shifted within me. Life and how I want to do life has changed and is changing. I mean, I'm sure everyone is likely to have their own personal experience. Well, I think you're right, Anna. You know, we each have our own experience based on our individual story and our conditioning and um, both positive and negative attitudes and beliefs. I mean, we're all reluctant heroes who find ourselves in various circumstances where we we sometimes can see the barriers that keep us from being the best version of ourselves. You know, and then it's about discovering inner strengths and passions that help us actualize that higher self. You know, we're all potential heroes, Anna. Oh, that thought makes me smile, Dr. Jane. You know, we're all potential heroes. (laughs) I must admit, I still get confused about the different phases of the mythic, you know, journey. And then I'm wondering if there's a way to explore the highlights and the power of the various aspects we encounter on that journey. Well, you know, Anna, we mentioned in previous conversations that Joseph Campbell, um, gosh, decades ago, explored the hero's journey as a model of human growth and development. You know, his research was, was drawn from over 240 stories from around the world that portrayed the hero's journey as a is a path to transformation. You know, and interestingly, you know, a pattern emerged from these tales that indicate that we're more alike across the globe than we are different. You know, and, and Campbell found that through the ages and across all forms of storytelling, you know, oral storytelling, you know, TV, books, movies, there are common elements of stories that give listeners and viewers a real sense of heartwarming satisfaction. Well, we definitely have many great, many stories to choose from. Well, we do. We do. You know, but I think the simplest and most obvious one is that beloved tale depicted in the 1939 movie with Judy Garland, The Wizard of Oz. Oh, my gosh, Dr. Jane, I can't believe you just said that. (laughs) You know, you won't believe it, but I play the role of Dorothy in a grade school production of it. Now, now, why would you think that would surprise me, Anna? It doesn't at all. You know, but but let's, let's just look at it. You know, it's part of the enduring power of this tale. You know, we all have Dorothy or some part of Dorothy within us, you know, and, and whether we sing Somewhere Over the Rainbow on key or not, you know, that part is there. You know, her character is perfectly imperfect. She reluctantly takes on a call from her ordinary drab life and returns to that life with an abundance of strength and compassion and true appreciation for working with others for a common good. Well, I'm in sheer amazement that we can take this kid's story, a movie, you know, most of us have seen a, a, a trillion times and then drop it into our adult lives and do 
derived such a deep meaning of it. <laughs> well, and therein lies the power of myth. And Joseph Campbell mesmerized readers with his book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And, and he also mesmerized audiences. You know, they raved over the documentary that he did with Bill Moyer in the late 1980s. I mean, the monomyth is timeless. And it reflects so much of both the human struggle and also the brilliance of our lives. So let's kind of walk through the movie, The Wizard of Oz, and, and, and highlight some of the features that portray the hero's journey. Well, good idea, Anna. You know, and let's stay with a, a broad brushstroke because there are, there's a minutia of details. You know, but, but the broad brushstroke is that this is a story of a young person's transition out of childhood on her way to learning what is necessary to be a responsible adult. It's really kind of what we call an initiation story. So, you know, what are some of the obvious things that show up as the movie begins? Well, the black and white picture, the bleak Kansas backdrop, the weary and worn looking adults, gray, struggling, um, resigned to their lot in life. Yes. You know, and this is that phase that was called or is called, you know, the ordinary life, the first phase of the journey, you know, and it's Dorothy's Auntie M who doesn't have the time or energy to listen to her trials and tribulations regarding uh, Dorothy's encounter with the rich and evil Miss Gulch. You know, Dorothy is told by Auntie M to go someplace where she won't get into trouble. And this is the initial invitation into the myth. It's the call to the adventure. And she sings Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Yes. And think about it, Anna. I mean, this is a song of yearning. Yearning for more than the grayness. Yearning for a life where you don't get into trouble. You know, rainbows are, are often symbolic of new possibilities. Daring to dream of change and new things. You know, this is also symbolically part of Dorothy's call to change. Oh, yes. And then Miss Gulch arrives with a sheriff's warrant for Toto and takes him away to be destroyed. But of course, Toto escapes. Well, and Toto is interesting because Toto kind of represents the wild imaginative spirit within us. You know, that, that spirit that refuses to be shackled and oppressed. You know, he escapes. And when he gets back, Dorothy realizes that she must do something radical. And for her, it's run away. And, there, and then there's a short encounter with Professor Marvel, who convinces her to return home, that her aunt is desperately worried about her. Yes, and, and this really sizes up as that refusal of the call. You know, yet, yet after returning to the farm, she's swept away by a tornado. And think about it. You know, she's inside the tornado, and she views various people whirling through the tornado. You know, farm people, Miss Gulch. You know, even a witch riding a broom, you know, and all of these, we could say, represent unaddressed and unresolved issues within Dorothy, you know, and maybe some shadow material as well. You know, let's remember that little Dorothy at that point in time is extremely angry and resentful about how and she and how she and Toto, you know, have been treated. And then she lands in Oz in full Technicolor, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Then the classic statement, Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. And the good witch, Glinda, appears. Yes. 
And this is a colorful, new, different world. Glenda represents the meeting of the mentor or the guide in the hero's journey. You know, and this may be an internal or external guide in the journey. You know, Glenda stands as the kind of the archetypal benefactor or protector, you know, or if it were on an internal basis, you know, um, it would represent the fully developed Dorothy, you know, her best and highest self being realized and talking to her, you know, and there's a Greek term for this is it's, it's called entelechy. And the entelechy really means that fullest realized essence of a thing. So that highest self part of us. Oh, that is so interesting. And then it becomes apparent that Dorothy's house has landed on the Wicked Witch of the East and killed her. And the Munchkin people celebrate her until the moment that the Wicked Witch of the West arrives and wants the ruby slippers that now are on Dorothy's feet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so a couple interesting things here, Anna. You know, for the first time, Dorothy is both seen and recognized for her power and ability and, and really appreciate it. You know, remember, she had no power in Kansas, especially against Miss Gulch, you know, and now she's held in high regard with gratitude. She's honored. This is empowering. So in the myth, Dorothy has entered a new world, yet she's up against a monster or a dragon, you know, the wicked witch of the West, and she can't return home. That's impossible. She can't return home the same way she came. So this beautifully reflects the hero's call and the actual adventure. You know, there, there's no use in any kind of preconceived notions about how it will go or where it'll take us. You know, it's about trusting an inner wisdom to guide us. You know, in, in, in the story, the only clarity is that the road must take us, um, um, not the old way. It has to be a new way. And, and doesn't Dorothy come out, you know, on the yellow brick road to a fork in the road, you know, and this is a major transition point in the hero's story because a choice, a critical choice must be made. Oh, yes. And this is where Dorothy meets the scarecrow and then down the road, the tin man and lastly, the cowardly lion. This seems like the yellow brick road offers the hero's face of tests, trials, and meetings are our allies and enemies. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So Dorothy has encountered an enemy in the Wicked Witch of the West and connects with these three allies, you know, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, the Lion, who mirror her own inadequacies. You know, these three characters that she meets on the road are lovely representations of what we all need in order to live from the best version of ourselves, you know, right thinking, and open heart, and the courage to persevere with honor and integrity, you know, and interesting, you know, all three of these characters willingly accept the invitation to walk to the Emerald City for help. You know, they're looking to the great wizard because he's going to magically grant them what they believe they're missing, you know, a brain, a heart, and courage. And this segment of the adventure is where we begin to recognizing, you know, we begin recognizing and befriending the multiple dimensions of our best and highest self with the many gifts and powers that it offers us. Well, and I guess the next big event in the story is when they fall asleep in the field of poppies, you know, 
falling asleep when they're making great strides and almost to their goal. I remember as a kid watching this and my heart just sinking with this part of the movie. Well, that's right. That's right. I mean, think about it, Anna. How many times have we been on a project that was coming along well and and something interferes, you know, and we lose our steam or we become lax or even drop the ball, you know? Sometimes we fall asleep to our heart's desire or we can slip into apathy as we get close to our goal. You know, there's so many distractions in everyday life, you know, technology and devices of all sorts, TV, (laughs) Netflix and substances, you know, food, drugs, alcohol, so on and so forth. That's list goes on and on. Transformation, you know, is interesting because it requires energy and commitment. You know, it requires letting go of anything that distracts us or dulls us or dulls any of our senses. Yes. Well, fortunately, they do wake up thanks to Glenda, the good witch, sending falling snow. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And as we said, Glenda is the archetype protector and Dorothy's entelechy. You know, it's Dorothy's highest self. So it's often this best and highest part of ourselves that kind of rouses us when we've drifted off of our dream or our goal and reminds us of the hero's call that we have heard and accepted, you know, just temporarily dropped. And again, we're talking about a journey that's not a straight trajectory. You know, even with plans and maps, positive expectations, you know, things can unexpectedly um, go awry. You know, but we say yes, and we must recommit regularly. You know, I think we need to recommit daily, at least for most of us. Oh, I definitely agree. And the hero's journey continues You know, at the gate of the Emerald City. The ruby slippers are the ticket in. And after a tour, they go through a cleanup ritual in preparation of meeting the great wizard. This is where the Wicked Witch of the West rides across the sky with the message Surrender Dorothy, right? Yeah, oh gosh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, and no one in the Emerald City knows who Dorothy is. Yes, and the journey continues, you know, met with multiple ordeals and delays. You know, the hero moves forward. That's the call. Movement may be slowed, but it continues nonetheless. You know, and this is the phase of ordeals and trials, you know, and it shows up again and again. So Dorothy and her three allies, you know, are refused an audience with the wizard. And again, you know, it's only after the guard, who's really the wizard in disguise, you know, hears Dorothy's lament. She cries and, and, and talks about what she's, what she wants and what she's missing. And that's when the guard lets them in and the audience follows. Mm. But they don't get what they each request without accomplishing the task of bringing the broomstick of the <laughs> wicked witch back to the wizard. Oh my goodness, you know, which means that they must kill her. Hard to believe this is a kid's story, Dr. Jane. <laughs> well, well, really, Anna, you know, it's an adult story told as a kid's tale. You know, and this part of the hero's journey is sometimes referred to as the phase of atonement. The wizard is demanding that that they each challenge their personal barriers. So the hero is required to challenge 
any self-limiting beliefs or conditioning, their history, the backstory, you know, whatever has kept them from being their true selves, the best version of themselves. You know, it's a task, something they never dreamed they were capable of that proves their true worth. The hero is called to do the impossible. Another call to grow and be who we're called to be, our best and highest self. Yes. And remember, this is the hero's journey. There are no victims. We're learning as we go, you know, learning who we are and what we're capable of, you know, scary though it may be, you know, and it's this part of the story that's the most dangerous. Oh, yes. Dangerous and scary indeed. You know, this is where they are attacked by the flying monkeys of all things, Dr. Jane. What's up with that? (laughs) Flying monkeys. Yes, the troop is heading to find the witch and they have to travel through the haunted forest. And this represents the worst part, the most dangerous part of the hero's journey. The darkest ordeal sometimes means facing the darkest part of ourselves, you know, our disowned shadow self. Think about it, Anna. I mean, the monkeys are a perfect reflection of our monkey minds, you know, the things that prevent us from getting things done, the busyness, the distractions, the negative thinking, the attitudes, you know, and the monkeys kidnap Dorothy and leave her three allies in pretty much tatters. So Dorothy faces her darkest hour at the hands of the witch, and the hero's journey is often referred to at this place as the belly of the whale. Sounds like the dark night of the soul. Well, you're right. You know, in the darkest hour is often where we're willing finally to harvest the most powerful insights and undergo the biggest change process, you know, the transformation. Life will never be the same after this, you know, will we'll never be the same. This is awareness, and this awareness is energizing. You know, this is where the phoenix rises, and we can, again, continue our journey forward. So Toto escapes and returns the woods to rally into the woods to rally the three allies to rescue Dorothy. The three clearly utilized all the dimensions they perceived as missing um, to rescue her, right? So great savvy, compassion, and grit. And come face to face with the witch. Yes. And as they're threatened once again by the witch, Dorothy steps forward and foils the witch's attempt to set the scarecrow on fire. You know, keep in mind the gifts sought by her three allies come alive in her at that moment, you know, and create action. And tossing the water, you know, that's, that's where it all, all really comes to a crescendo because the witch melts into a puddle and they're all stunned and amazed. Oh, yes, she did. And, and then they're, they're met with disappointment again when they return to the Emerald City with the broomstick and the wizard refuses to grant their wishes. Dorothy steps up and confronts him. That's right. That's right. And this is often called the, uh, um, I think it's called uh, apotheosis. You know, this is the, the hero's former limited self has died off and a new transformed self steps forward as a new being of light and divine knowledge and love. And Dorothy is no longer the little helpless girl from Kansas. Yes. And the wizard has found out 
he's a fraud, Dr. Jane. (laughs) And, And yet it winds up okay. Well, and that's because he sent them all on the, this assignment to get the broomstick. And the mission could only be accomplished because they all possessed the qualities they actually sought. They just lacked the belief in themselves. So the wizard then supplies an object that represents the quality that they each desired. A diploma, a, a medal of courage, and a, and a ticking heart-shaped watch. Yes, and Dorothy's request to go home is going to be met by the wizard. We discovered he's the professor from early in the story and a balloonist who will personally fly her home. Doesn't happen because Toto jumps out of the balloon basket (laughs) after a cat. I remember that because I just thought that was the funniest thing. And immediately followed by Dorothy, of course. Yes, and Dorothy's entelechy appears again immediately in the form of Glinda the good witch, and announces that that Dorothy has always had the ability to go home. She just had to learn for herself that it wasn't necessary to go any further than her own backyard to find her heart's desire. So there's no place like home is that motto, you know, and this is called crossing the return threshold or the return to the ordinary life in the hero's journey, you know, and very often at this point, A guide is often required, you know, to call someone home. And in Dorothy's case, she responds to Auntie M's voice. Yes, and all the characters show up in the final scenes, and everyone expresses their fear and concern for her safety and minimize her explanation of where she's been. Yes, you know, all the characters represent dimensions of Dorothy, and no one is ever able to understand what the hero has experienced on their adventure. No one. You know, and in her case, this includes the scary places, the people, the impossible situations, you know, all that required her to reach deeply within herself and act from honor, integrity, and compassion. You know, in the final phase of the hero's journey, the hero walks really in two worlds with new awareness. It's about living in the moment and living with full intention to operate from one, one's highest self. And in doing this, it's operating also for the greater good of all. Oh, what a story, Dr. Jane. And you've just done such an incredible job of interpreting it for us. Now, what, we might, what might we focus on this week? Well, you know, Anna, let's just hold Dorothy's story, you know, and, and drop this mantra into our own awareness. You know that I'm ready, show me. I'm ready, show me. We're ready to hear our call. Yes, we are. Until our next conversation. <laughs>